All right. So you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go! Welcome to the I Am Northbound Podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What is up, my world-changing music artist? It's Jason here. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Northbound. We're at episode number, what, 38 now? Hey, look at that. I actually know the number for once. How are you? Hope you're doing fantastic. Happy New Year to you. I know that last week's episode was the first episode of the new year, but um, this is the first episode I'm recording in the new year. And uh, yeah, it's so funny because I did the last three episodes and you're like, um, you know, he's uh, i had a cold for all three episodes because of um the the i just had you know on the day i recorded those three episodes i just happened to be sick and i was like yeah you know well at least when they hear the next episode i won't be sick and i'm not sick i just don't have any voice for some reason <laughs> so oh uh, well you know i do a podcast and i'd never have a nice sounding voice but whatever thanks so much for uh for being here and uh, I really hope you enjoyed your Christmas and your New Year's or whatever holiday you celebrate. What'd you get up to? Did you have a good time? Did you keep up with all the other episodes? Maybe you were too busy and you didn't even hear that I did episodes over the holiday break. They were pretty cool. Uh, from memory, I'll try to remember and see how, my, see how I go with this, but the last week's episode was about the five books, uh, five of the books that I read in 2018 that I think you should read. No, five of the books I read in 2019 that I think you should read this year in 2020. Uh, 2020 is going to be your year if you pick these books up because I tell you, uh, these aren't books on the music industry. They're books for people who want the next level, like uh, you want to think above everything else. I feel like if you read books just on the music industry, written by people who are writing just for the music industry, it, it becomes too ground level. You know, it becomes too, this is how you should promote your music. But if you start reading books uh, that are of, of the next level, you start to think more of the concepts around music, like why you should be contacting your other people certain ways or why you should be promoting, I'll say that that way, why you should be promoting to your audience in a specific way. Uh, you know, th different things about that. Like one of the books is called Contagious by Jonah Berger. He breaks down the seven things that you need uh, in order for a piece of content to kind of go viral, or at least you need most of them uh, for a piece of content to go viral. So it's not about just promoting your music. It's understanding how you should go about promoting your music to stand the best chance of getting shares and that type of thing and, you know, getting your content out in front of organically more eyes through virality, right? So, now that's just one of the five books. You should check out way more than that. And uh, that's what I tried to do when I wrote The 4D Songwriter is to try to bring that next level into a music industry book. And uh, yeah, those of you who have read it know exactly what I'm talking about. And you've said that's the best part about it. So, that's really cool. Um, so, other than that, uh, I did an episode on... <sighs> Look, I've got my I've got my notes here. I can just look at that. Oh, the five universal principles for getting things done. I talk about of all the books I read, they all seem to be saying one of five things that can all be categorized into these different points. So it's kind of like uh, the cliff notes of what you should be applying to your life as a music artist or just in general. It's not just about your music. It's about who you are as a person. So uh, definitely go check that episode out if you're looking for five principles to take into 2020. Um 2020, is that how you say it? 2020? <laughs> it's a whole new decade. I got to learn how to say it. Um, but yeah, like uh, definitely be checking that episode out if you want to, you know, think about how to start this year with a certain set of values that you bring to everything you do. And I guarantee you, you're going to see improvement in your life because of them. I live by them every single day and I make sure I stick to them. It's one of those things in life. People think that, uh, 
you know, if you, if you create rules, you're actually restricting yourself, but you know, rules allow you to thrive. And I think that's it. If you stay, if you stay true to the, these five principles, you, you have your boundaries and you know what's ethical and what's not for what you're going to do and how you're going to go about it. And you'll see more growth than ever before. And uh, yeah, I did an episode before Christmas called Where Are You Directing Your Audience, which is a pretty interesting point that I think you should look at because I don't think many music artists are actually pointing their audience in a specific direction. I know that your answer might be, well, I'm trying to get them to listen to my music, but it's like, yeah, I mean, but that's that's a stepping stone, right? Listening to your music is not your end game. It's not as soon as they listen to your music, um, you know, they can dust their hands of it and just be like, I'm done now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or that you're happy with that. You obviously want to move them toward becoming a fan, right? So, where are you going to push them? Are you going to push them to, you know, an online group or is it a, a website or is it a mailing list? Like there are plenty of different ways. But anyway, I talk about in that episode where you should be doing that. So, if you haven't gone and checked out those episodes, definitely go and do that. Uh, you know, because I really think you're going to be the better for it. But other than that, glad to hear that you're, uh, that you are here listening to this episode. I hope you stayed safe. I hope everything was good for you over the holiday break. It's crazy to think that 10 years have gone by that quickly. Like we're in a new decade. It's one of those things getting older. You just realize that life passes you by. Uh, so you got to act upon things if you want to keep moving forward, right? We've been so busy with listen pages. Um, if you aren't a member of our Facebook group, you definitely should be like, come and join us. Uh, it's, uh, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash listen pages. Uh, but we don't just talk about listen pages in there. We talk about music marketing in general. I'm going to be putting a whole bunch of new content in there soon, but I did put a video in there. Um, a 30 minute video. That's how long it took for me to just go through the features we've currently put into listen pages. There's been so many. And one of the biggest things is called a listen hub. So it's got like, you've got like a directory to point your listeners to, Oh my goodness, it's so good. We've um we've been looking at we implemented the map so you can actually see where your most committed listeners are in the world, which allows you to like potentially book tours and know the shows are gonna be great before you even get there. Like back in the day, I mean I mean back in the day, up until today, like there's nothing like listen pages that exist. So you know, it's really cool that this is even here. But even now, if you want to book a show, you've kind of just got to guess and like put a show on in a town, like get an inkling that people might want you to play there and then see how ticket sales go. But using listen pages, it's like you could find towns that you didn't even know you had committed listeners in or even countries and continents and be like, well, you know what? I never thought that I had such a committed audience in, you know, New Zealand. So, I'm going to go play in New Zealand. Really cool. So, you can go do that. But uh, the location data that we're using, I mean, I'm not a developer. So, uh, luckily, I have geniuses working with me on the team that know what they're doing. But, uh, you know, they're, they're really good. But at the moment, the location data we're using gets, it's accurate within about 700 kilometers, which isn't very accurate. I mean, that's technically in another state for me. But um, we're doing our best to make that more accurate. Um, Technically speaking, I'll tell you the, the ins and outs, but we want the listen pages themselves to not have to require the user to do anything. So, if they just open, if they know that they're about to listen to your song, they'll just open it and your song's right there ready to play. There are a lot of services out there that try to do something like this, not like listen pages at all, but kind of like will provide content. But you know, when you go to click on it, it's like, hey, put your name and email in. You're like, I don't want to do that. That's annoying. So, people click out. So, we're trying to do whatever we can to make sure that your listeners don't click out of the content. And one of those things is even a, a notification that says, do you agree to allowing us to use your location data? 
because we don't want people to have to think there's any catches whatsoever. So we're trying to find the balance between providing as much accurate data as we can without requiring the user to have to give permission because we're not within those boundaries. So 700 kilometers is pretty far away, but we're trying to find the closest we can. Uh, we did manage to find today that we can pull it without needing location um, services turned on. Uh, we can pull data within like four kilometers, which is so narrow and that's crazy. It's obviously ideally what we want, but it turns out that service doesn't really, it's not exactly compatible with what we're doing. So we, we can't, unfortunately we can't use that one at the moment, but that will be in the future. We're trying to get it that narrow by trying to make that service implement somehow. But for now we're trying to make it within, you know, 30 or 40 kilometers, which is pretty reasonable. Ideally, if we're within 200, I'd be happy because that's kind of driving distance. That's like two hours in a car. So like, you know, if you're a big fan of an artist, you're definitely going to drive 200 kilometers to go see them play if they're playing at a city near you. So, um, yeah, ideally within that range is, is pretty comfortable. Um, but yeah, that's just interesting. I'm just telling you about what's going on behind the scenes as we're trying to make it even better for you. But yes, at the moment, if you have a listen pages account, you can go in and start seeing on a map for each individual page where your committed listeners are for that type of content, but also if you click the graph on the main page, it'll take you through to your global domination where it'll show you the entire world map and where your most committed listeners are and all the things, uh, you know, that they're doing for you, which is a, it's, it's never been done before. This is literally groundbreaking stuff that you have access to. And if you want access to it, you can go to listenpages.com in the top right hand corner, you'll see get access. Now we had such a big response to the beta program kind of bigger than I anticipated, which meant that we've had to switch to like an invite only kind of thing. So you just will see a form there, just fill it out and you'll be on the list. Um, you know, the sooner you get on the list, the sooner you'll be allowed in because we'll be letting in batches of, you know, 10, 20, 30, however many people, depending on how many people sign up, but whatever, if you're there early, you'll be one of the first to be let through to get a new account. So go and do that right now. If you haven't got a listen pages account, because you know, it's free for like three months and then we'll be opening public and then there'll be subscriptions. So you know, but even when it's at that point, we're still going to make it as affordable as possible. So anyway, today I want to talk about a single one sentence rule thing that I see everywhere. And I just, oh, music artists, you need to understand the opportunity you have in front of you. It's so interesting when people go, oh, it's so hard to grow as a music artist. Uh, you know, it's, it's so hard, you know, businesses have it easy. It's like, no, businesses don't because there's one thing that businesses have that music artists don't have that make it more difficult for them. It's the fact that they sell things and their primary thing is to sell things, okay? Music artists don't have that, right? So if someone calls you on the phone, right? This is, I just, I started talking and I didn't think it through. So we'll see if this makes sense. But say you get a phone call and it's like, hi, my name's John, I'm from whatever company. Can I just have five minutes of your time? Like, what are they trying to sell me? But if someone called you and said, hey, what's up? My name's John, I'm a music artist in the area. You'd be like, I don't think they're going to try to sell me anything. You wouldn't assume that, right? So it's like the music artists are much uh, less threatening than businesses, right? So because of that, businesses find it so much harder to gain people's trust because, you know, people always think there's an ulterior motive of trying to sell to them. Music artists don't have that, you know? Music artists are much more comfortable. People are much more open to giving music artists a chance as people if you just try to go in with your music, you become just one in the sea of millions of other music artists that are all trying to be heard, right? But as a person, people are going to be less threatened by you than if you're a business approaching someone, right? So use that to your advantage, right? But anyway, there's a really interesting thing I'm seeing uh, in the business world. Are some of these people just taking over 
and creating legitimate, by definition, aside from all the negative stuff, and I don't mean any offense to anyone who's been affected by cults in the past, but they're creating cult followings, like legitimately. And it's absolutely crazy to see it firsthand. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you know Gary V, he's now like, he's everywhere. He creates so much content and he really knows what he's doing with creating these types of content. I cannot believe how much his following has changed because of the way he's gone about orchestrating it. Like, I remember the first time I saw anything about Gary Vaynerchuk was like from a convention from like, um, something to do with ClickFunnels like in 2017 and he spoke at that and yeah, he swore heaps. That's always been kind of his thing, but he was wearing like a blue polo shirt and jeans on stage. It just looked like a normal dude, but now you see him and he dresses so specifically to fit his desired demographic and his body language has changed. He like totally knows how to speak to the people he wants to speak to and relate to them. And there's a thing in psychology or in negotiation or whatever called mirroring. And they found that if you mirror the actions of the person you're talking to, so if they relax in their chair, if you do that too shortly after, you don't do it so much that it looks ridiculous. But if you do that, you'll start to mirror their behavior and they will naturally and subconsciously trust you more because people like to see that people are like them because they trust themselves. So if you're like them, then they can trust you as well. That's why it's super important to, I don't know, you like you'd know this, from seeing it on TV shows and movies, but whenever people go into like a business office or whatever, and they'll see a fishing photo and they'll be like, Hey, you're a fishing man or whatever. You went fishing. Oh, cool. My dad used to take me up to Lake blah, 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 blah. And I caught a massive fish there. I'm like, wow, cool. They do that deliberately to build rapport so that you're like, you're like me. So you're going to be more open to hearing my ideas because we've got a point of relatability. So it's the same thing. If you know how to speak to your audience and how to make them feel that you're one of them, that's why people are going to like you. Now, some people do this authentically and it just works because they just happen to be like their desired demographics and it just works for them. Okay. Like you don't have to think much about it. You just are that person and people respond well to you because you're just like them. But on the other hand, there are people who kind of, um, it's kind of more of a thought out and um, I, don't know, I was going to use the word orchestrated again, but I mean, as in like, you know, it, it's a very intentional thing to to become like their audience, their audience trusts them better. Now, whether that's ethical or not depends on your intention of, or, or intent in the content. So if you're doing it to manipulate people to help them make a decision that is against their better interest, then obviously that's unethical. But if you're making your listeners uh, or your if you're a business, your customers, or if you're just a position of authority, your followers feel um, you know, if you're trying to make them feel that you are one of them, if you're trying to make your audience, your group feel like you are trustworthy and you're doing it so that you can, like, you, you might be putting it on a bit, but the reason you change yourself is to guide them to somewhere that's within their better interest, then that's fantastic. That's exactly uh, what you should be doing. Now, that's what they talk about to kind of talk about ethical persuasion versus unethical persuasion. Or, yeah, that's the right word, isn't it? I always get confused. I mean, English is such a... <laughs> I make out all the time that I'm really stupid with English. And I don't really feel like I'm terrible with words. But I, there's always words that catch me up. I guess running a podcast, you kind of find words. And I'm like, is it... In my mind goes, is it unethical or is it unethical? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so the, the, not, the not ethical ways. Or is it non-ethical? 
Man, I feel so, I, you know, this is the thing. I never get it when people say, you know, essentially just racist stuff where they say to people like, oh, well, learn how to speak English when people can't speak English if they're learning it as a second language. It's like, you can't even speak English. I can't. It's the hardest language to learn. I remember seeing, you know, those, it's like that meme, like Will Will Smith Smith. And it's like a picture of Will Smith as a blacksmith. And it's like, yes, Will Smith, Will Smith. And it's like, oh my goodness. It's like, I don't know whether the weather is, whether the, whatever. Anyway, uh, so it's about persuading people ethically. Now, Gary Vee has done this and he's done it so well that I've just noticed, like, if you follow him, you'd know that he's like kind of built this whole flip culture thing uh, about buying items cheap and selling them for more money. Now, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of all that because, I mean, just on a personal level, it just, I don't know, people put garage sales on and these people come in and haggle to, like, buy something for, like, $2 instead of $5 and they take it straight to eBay and sell it for 30 and be like, yeah, I won. And it's like, yeah, cool. Like, cool, man. You just, <laughs> if you know you're going to sell it for that much, why are you like taking this person out of $3 at their own garage sale or whatever? But you know, they feel like that's a small victory and whatever. If that's the way you earn money, then that's the way you earn money. But essentially I do agree with what Gary Vee's saying at the core of it, which is just all about happiness. He's just trying to help people not have to earn a million dollars to be happy, but find that freedom so that they can enjoy life and not have to work a nine to five. So that's cool. And I mean, that's a great way to influence people is to find that form of happiness. But I found today, like I was looking at uh, I'm in a couple of Facebook groups. I'm in like his main group and I see people talking and usually it's just people saying, um, you know, oh, this is what I flipped and I made this kind of money. This is the flip lifestyle and thanks Gary V for this. But the amount of people that are putting stuff up saying things like, there was one person who put up like a, uh, it, it was like um, Samsung have released a new AI robot thing. It's like, it's been unveiled that it's like this artificial intelligence thing, whatever. And it's, I don't know. And someone commented and was like, yeah, I want one of these, but a Gary V version. Like I want Gary V to follow me around and say, and then someone else is like, is there like a Gary V version of this? It's essentially like saying like the nav man in your car, like, can I get a Gary V voice on that? And it's like, people love him. They're like obsessed with him. And it's the same thing with click funnels, like Russell Brunson who created click funnels, which if you don't know is, a, is essentially a marketing um, platform to, uh, you know, it's software that you can use to sell. It doesn't sound too exciting, but he's created this cult around it that people come into the group and they're like, I love ClickFunnels. Like ClickFunnels is my life. And it's like, you're talking about software here. Anyway, these are businesses. Like Gary Vee doesn't specifically try to sell anything. Uh, Russell Brunson does. You have to buy ClickFunnels and it's quite expensive. It's like 97 US dollars a month on the cheap plan. I think it's gone up in price, but the main one is like $207 a month. Um, 270, I said, not 207 just in case um, that didn't come across clearly. It's very expensive. So, I mean, in Australian money, that's like what? Like nearly $400 a month. Anyway, for marketing software, but he's able to put his prices up that much because he has such a cult following. Now, the thing with, um, you know, that is, he, if you're able to do that and charge people money, that is hard mode. And that's what businesses are, you know, at. that's crazy what Russell Brunson's been able to do. He's built the lifestyle around it. Now, how is he able to do that? Well, he was able to know exactly what his audience wants to hear. And he was able to align with that internal conversation that they're already thinking about. 
and answer their questions, make them feel like he was just like them and that they're able to see success by using ClickFunnels too, right? And the same thing with Gary Vee. Now, Gary Vee isn't really selling anything, but he is selling something. He's selling himself. You don't pay for it, but he's building his brand so that he can sell to other people when he books is booked to do like live spe- uh, you know, talks at live events and that type of thing. So, you don't pay for it, but he is building his brand to sell to other people. But he's able to show what is ca- like what what is possible if people don't feel threatened by your presence and usually as i said before people are threatened by you if they feel like you're trying to sell them something and as a music artist people aren't trying like they don't feel threatened by you okay because you're not trying to sell them anything even in the day of like days of we're not selling music anymore right we're putting it on streaming services so if you contact people or speak to them they don't think there's this ulterior motive or they will they think about it and go i mean all they're going to really want me to do is listen to their music i can do that it doesn't cost me anything but my time so and only a little bit of it so people don't feel threatened by you so what's amazing about this is that you have the potential easier than Gary Vee, easier than Russell Brunson to build a cult following if you follow this one sentence. Now, I read a lot about cult um, mentality and that, and I'm actually working uh, through, I actually just reminded myself recently that I hadn't finished it yet, but it's been amazing. This guy did a huge write-up on how cults actually like brainwash people. And that's not so that I can learn it so I can teach you how to brainwash people. It's just to figure out why people are so easily manipulated, even to the point where it's like goes like it's it's to a negative like degree. It's like not what they need in their life, right? So it's so interesting. Now there was a uh, sentence said by Blair Warren, and he has a book called The One Sentence Persuasion, and he now he narrowed he narrowed everything you need to control um, the masses. You know, the masses being your targeted niche, not everyone in the world, just the people who align with your specific belief. And this is the same thing that like Donald Trump's using still today. Like he is a master of a cult following because he knows exactly how to persuade people. Now, the thing is, is that persuasion and the word persuading and persuade people, it sounds, um, what's the word? Like uh, disingenuous. Is that the right word? Like it sounds evil and really uh snaky and doesn't have to be like you can persuade people to do the right thing right like it's just convincing that's another word like you can convince someone to do something and essentially you're persuading them essentially right um you know close enough but um you know there's probably differences within those two but you know what i'm trying to say uh it's the it's the same or similar thing right so if you're trying to get people to listen to your music you need to persuade them to do that right if you want them to come to shows you need to persuade them to go now it's there's you don't want to have to beg them and then they say fine i'll come to one show you want to get in them like psyche or in their mind so they in their mind so i would just like that sounds like you're haunting them but you know what i mean like you want to make them think about you so they naturally want to come to everything and you don't even have to chase anyone they just come to you so anyway blair warren has summed the entire thing up and it is such an interesting sentence and i really think you should take this on i want to start this uh the year with a bang and this is definitely the way to do it because if you can remember this sentence you will know exactly what to do to when you niche down of course like when you understand who you're trying to help with your music if you can do this for those people you will build this cult following that follows you everywhere and a lot of big music artists are doing exactly this so memorize this sentence people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams justify their failures allay their fears confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks at their enemies 
Those five things are all you have to do. Encourage dreams, justify failures, allay fears, confirm suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. Now let's quickly break down each one. This is exactly what all the biggest people of the world that have the biggest followings, this is what they're doing. Number one is encouraging the dreams of the people that are following them. So yes, I am talking a lot about the business world today, but this is just because if I talk specifically about one's music artist and their specific demographic, it won't help you as much as just talking about it more broad because then you can imagine its application to your specific audience, right? So number one, people who encourage their dreams. So you want to get in the mind of your potential listener or follower and know exactly what they're looking for and how your music can improve their life and then encourage that dream. You want to let them know that they are right for thinking and feeling that way. Gary Vee does it by saying to people, you are thinking that you don't want to waste your life away working a nine to five. I get it. I encourage you to think that way. You you are destined for bigger things. Tony Robbins did it. That's why he has such a big following and why he has, you know, he did this years ago, back in the 90s. But it's the same thing. Encourage their dreams. That is massively important to do for people. Create content that lets people know that they have every right to feel that certain way. Now, none of this, as I said, is uh, just because you follow this does not mean that you're puppet master, you know, engineering and pulling strings and being real snaky. But it's what you should be doing. You're improving their lives by doing this because you're providing them something of value. That's why I try to encourage your dreams. I let you know you have every right to chase music. I wouldn't put all this effort into the podcast and building the software. A listen pages has cost me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to build. And I'm building it to give you guys a platform to get your music out there because I genuinely believe that you have every right to get your music out there changing the world. You know what I mean? It's not about being, just because I follow this doesn't mean that I'm being manipulative. You know what I mean? It's about using this as your guide to bring good to the world, essentially. So encourage dreams. Let people know that they have every right to feel that way. Secondly, justify failures. You'll see this everywhere now that you know this formula. People always start marketing messages with, have you tried you know, have you bought a million courses and failed and it just hasn't worked for you? Well, it's not your fault. Like it's, if you would have seen that, right? It's not your fault. It's their fault for not giving you the right content or it's because the, you know, this has changed or that's changed and stuff. I could do one for you right now. I'll make it up on the spot. Have you tried over and over again to, you know, free courses, webinars, sales trainings, you've seen uh, eBooks, you've read uh, different things and none of them work for you to um, help you find your way in the new music industry. Well, it's not your fault. The music industry is changing faster than ever before and you have every right to feel that way because your music deserves to be heard. I'm creating a marketing message right now by using those two points, justifying your failures, saying that you've probably tried a million times. Now, you might not have tried in the digital space, but I could change that message to say, are you playing shows over and over again and nobody's coming? Are you, are you putting content out and nobody's liking it, you know? So it's about justifying your failures and say, it's not your fault. The social networks are not built to support music artists. So this is how you, you know, I'd provide the solution. But it's the same thing where you can do too. justify the failures of the people that have been affected by the issue that you think your music is out there to change. Now, not everyone has listening has actually gone through a niche down that much, but if you can find the problem that your music can fix in people's lives, that allows you an in to justify the failures that they might have come across by getting to that point. Next, you want to allay fears. That's just about things they're thinking about in the future that, um, you know, for example, if I keep trying it, 
if I if I you know if I keep trying to promote this way, I won't get my music heard. Or if it's the business stuff, if I work a nine to five, I'm never going to find happiness. So it's like that kind of stuff. Confirm suspicions is saying stuff like, "Hey, you might think it's super hard right now, and you're right because of blah blah blah." And lastly, the biggest one: throw rocks at their enemies. You know, like you're saying you don't like. I mean, this is probably difficult for me to say about music artists, but you know, the nine to five lifestyle, you're right. Your boss shouldn't tell you what to do. And if, if you can be on their side, those five points, they will trust you. And then you tell them where to go and you can guide them toward the, the right solution. So even you don't even have to guide people, but if you just say that you understand those things, once you figure out what they are, those people are going to be listening to you and be like, I'm following this person because they get me, they get, they get me and they understand me. They get me as a person. They get me that, you know what I mean? Like that, that's what's going to make people move. So that is the biggest thing you can take into the new year is understanding those are the five things you need to do to make anyone do anything. Just look to Gary Vee, look to Russell Brunson, look to Donald Trump, the president of the United States. How did he get such a big following is because he does these five things. Look for them when other people do them and like look for big people and try to see when they do anything. Everything's intentional. See what they're trying to do by creating that piece of uh, content or that post or that interview or the way they speak about things. And do this for your audience. And if you can do it, people will start gravitating toward you. It won't even just be just listening to your music and maybe coming to shows. This is how you build true fans that love you is because they want to feel understood and they look to music to feel understood. They don't look to business. They don't look to software. Like, But ClickFunnels were able to do it. So you have music that can move someone and change their emotion. And you're building the rest of this around that. That's how you do really big things. Anyway, have a fantastic week and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. You made it all the way to the end. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And it would mean the world to me if you could either leave a rating and a review for this podcast or share it out to your followers. That act of kindness goes so much further than you may think. It helps me help more music change the world.